0: Did you know that you can help us produce new seasons of our podcasts and audio series? At Studio Chenta, we just launched a new series of audiobooks based on our podcasts, and they're currently for sale. There are many titles available, from romantic comedy to horror, true crime, communication and linguistics, food and lifestyle, migration stories, and much, much more. Available in Spanish, English, Italian, and French. Check out our full catalog at ochentestudio.com audiobooks. And find the titles on apps like Libra.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobook app. Thank you so much for supporting our work.
1: What's up? Welcome to How Not to Travel, a podcast about seeing the world differently. It's been a minute since we've posted, and that's because travel has changed so much since this pandemic started. So for the next few weeks, we're going to break down how not to travel, COVID edition. This week, green spaces and mental health. At the beginning of lockdown, some places were more strict than others. And let's be real. The USA was not that strict, and it shows. And you know, how did you travel as a global community of travelers and people were really struggling mentally without being able to just simply take a walk? I too was struggling hard, both with the loss of finances and being away from my loved ones. This was the end to my lifestyle as I know it. I really could not stay away from travel. So I started recreating in my own town, going on hikes once a week and streaming my Quarren hikes where I would simply stream birds chirping, sun shining through green trees, and a babbling brook. The responses were incredible. I had no idea I was bringing relief to so many thousands of people. Even Lori, the producer of the show, was stuck in her house for four months in Paris in a 376 square feet apartment that she shares with her husband, aka the size of my closet that I share with no one. During our meetings of putting this podcast together, she'd be like, I saw a tree on your Instagram. I miss those. The trauma was real, okay? Fact. According to a study sponsored by the Environmental Protection Agency, the average American spends 93% of their time indoors. That's like the majority of our life, y'all. Inside four walls. But did you know that just a two-hour forest bath can have significant impacts on our health? Did you just say forest bath? Yes, honey, a forest bath. Forest bath, or shinrin-yoku, is a Japanese nature therapy technique shown to have real cardiovascular and metabolic effects that lower depression, anxiety, fatigue, adrenaline, and confusion while increasing anti-cancerous proteins and relaxation hormones. I mean, who wasn't depressed during quarantine? Or still is? So! It made me think, how are people who love the outdoors dealing right now? How is their mental health? This episode took a turn I wasn't expecting. Here
0: we go.
1: That was Havani, a queen who just blessed this episode. Literally, she just blessed us. She is the first ever woman artist to release a 3D album from Hawaii and an indigenous Hawaiian leader standing for the protection of Mauna Kea, the world's tallest mountain. Did you know that people have been protesting telescopes on this mountain for about 50 years? The money generated from this episode will be shared with the Protect Mauna Kea movement. You can also donate yourself here. Check our website.
0: Aloha, my name is Havane. My mountain is Mauna Kea, my river is Kauakuhau, and the land that raised me is Waimea. And this is actually where I am right now, in the land of my ancestors, in the reign of the Kipu'upu'u winds. And so I'm here uh, bringing my mountain energy and river energy into this space. And from my heart to your heart, Aloha Nui, from my ancestors to all of your ancestors, Aloha Nui. Honored to be here to speak today.
1: Isn't that introduction so beautiful? It's always an honor to speak with Havani. For me, as someone born and raised on the island of Hawaii, hearing her words just has a way of grounding me, you know? Feels like home. Here she describes how Kanaka Maoli, or indigenous Hawaiians, are literally connected to the island, within their being.
0: So everything that is around us is also within us. So for me, I always go back to the genealogy of Mauna Kea, which is the tallest mountain in the world from the seafloor. And this genealogy tells us where we stem from, where we come from, where we root from. And so we have Wa Kea, who is the Sky Father, and Papa Valinu'u, who is a manifestation of Earth Mother. And they come together and they have Mauna Kea, Wa Kea, and Papa Hanna Moku come together, Moku, being the being that gave birth to most of our islands. I am the earth and the earth is me. I feel the most free and grounded and in my seat of sovereignty when I'm in nature, when my feet are on the earth and when I'm breathing in clean air, I feel protected and safe. And home in myself, and so I look back into you know my memories, and every time I've felt the strongest in who I am, it's always been with my feet planted on the earth. I have struggled in my life with depression and anxiety, and so these things were of course triggered during this time, um, especially because I also have asthma so For the beginning parts of the quarantine and when this was just reaching Hawaii, I felt deep fear in my chest, I felt deep fear in my body, Um, and I had to really ground in to like my tools and my practices and my rituals and my prayers to find my own center again because it's really easy to get knocked off of that when you lean into fear.
1: Considering how nature is the life source of Havani and her people, I asked how she felt connecting back to the land.
0: The depression started to lift, the anxiety started to calm because I was around my own mountain again. I was at home where, you know, my home is surrounded by trees that we can go and we can touch. And my own air of my own homelands that just is so different than the city we could actually go out at night and see the stars and I didn't realize how much I needed that until I didn't have that and so I uh, have been staying in the cloud forest of Kaloko um, which is on Mauna Hualalai, Mount Hualalai and that is the realm of Laka, the goddess Laka who is the goddess of the hula and the goddess of light and this forest is full of ferns and full of ohi'a.
1: Nature is so important, and this is why we need to protect our green spaces. What I didn't expect for her to tell me was how nature was under attack and still is during quarantine.
0: The military is opening up our islands to Rimpack. Um so that's the navy as well and they're bringing 25 uh, nations to practice for war on our lands and on our ocean. It is devastating to hear the fighter jets come and bombs drop in the middle of our sacred mountains. And I lived close to Pohakuloa, which is one of the largest military training areas in the U.S., and I felt those bombs drop every day. Sometimes it was minute by minute.
1: The most famous bomb that was dropped in Hawaii was by the Japanese during World War II on Pearl Harbor. However, What's not known is that the U.S. government has dropped more bombs than any other nation. In fact, the U.S. government has been dropping bombs on Hawaii since the 1930s and has dropped bombs ever since. That's like 90 years of dropping bombs on this one island group. It's because it uses Hawaii and other islands of the Pacific as a weapons testing ground, and it's possible that it contributed to a cracked water table, making the island of Kaho'olawe uninhabitable. All of these indigenous lands are like getting fucked up,
0: sold, all underneath the disguise of the pandemic.
1: The colonization of indigenous lands is not new and it is ongoing. I called Filipina Christie in Oakland from Brown Girl Green, a platform addressing the intersections of the environment and race. Let's see what she has to say.
2: Yeah, I would say some big barriers to accessing nature are first just like, when we're just even thinking about the national parks here in the United States, uh, there's a lot of, uh, I guess you could say like, restrictive costs for people to access a national park Um, there's also just not necessarily the like the proper trails that can actually allow people with disabilities to have access to certain natural spaces and there's also just these situations like what happened with christian cooper just a couple weeks ago where you know there's people of color who will go out in nature to do something like bird watching and you'll have a bunch of you know, carrots or white people who will call the police on, um, a person of color for just enjoying a natural space. And so there's a lot of different aspects to it, to where like nature really is political, because if you even see like how national parks are caught, like the conservation movement was established, a lot of it was pushing indigenous people off of their lands across the United States. Did
1: you know that 100% of national parks in the USA were formed via forced removal of Indigenous peoples. That's right, you heard me. 100%. That means all of our national parks that we enjoy today. This movement was led by President Grant, starting with Yellowstone in 1872, with the removal of various bands of the Shoshone, Crow, and Paiute nations. Head to our website and click on the source to read more.
2: Staying indoors just like, drives me nuts and so I think that nature is the only thing that's helping me maintain my sanity and my composure because I realize that like with all the problems of the world and the universe right now it's like nature is the one place where there's no judgment on being perfect or figuring it all out or all the pressure on your shoulders we have to think about you know nature is a basic human right that everyone should have access to but a lot of people don't. Is it that people don't
1: or is it that we need to reframe what being outdoors looks like? So as a a kid, I I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and um, very, very cold, dark, kind of wet place. And so we would walk uh, to and from school every morning. And then at night, we'd walk from my grandmother's house home. So I spent a lot of my time outside and kind of got a really awesome relationship with the outdoors, but didn't realize that that's what I was doing at the time. Um, And then Moving on, as, a, as an adult, I always wanted to sit outside at patios, I always wanted to be outside. I never really understood why or made that connection until later in life that I had this, like, nostalgic connection with, like, outdoor spaces and then intimacy, right? Because that's how my mom and I would talk and, like, process our days and things like that. That's Kenya from Outdoor Journal Tour, a platform that empowers women through mindfulness and Mother Nature in Atlanta, Georgia. She and her partner Michelle contextualize what it means to be outdoors and what it means to heal. And while they have paused their Hike to Heal program, it isn't stopping them from getting outdoors, just like other hikers. So we'll end this episode with some advice from Jenny Bruso, the founder of Unlikely Hikers. If you can find a park where there's not a ton of people around or like be able to get adequate space, just being able to breathe some fresh air. Like when I walk my dog, even when it takes everything in me to get out the door, I just feel so much better like breathing fresh air and like just being of the world in a way. Um, Yeah, so I would, I just, I really do recommend that everybody finds a way to get outside and in simple ways. Um, That doesn't mean you have to go on some like crazy hike or like, um, you know, go to some like exclusive location. And uh, just like think about the fact that, you know, nature is always there for us. So, in this episode, we learned that during COVID times, access to nature is being stripped from Indigenous people and under attack by the military. People of color are targeted for enjoying nature, and that enjoying nature can look different to different people. So whether you're stuck in a tiny apartment in France, watching trees on Instagram, or walking to school in Ohio, or sitting in a cloud forest in Hawaii, we hope that you're taking care of your mental health during this time, and connecting with nature is one way to do just that. This episode was about the outdoors and mental health. While we are not encouraging travel, we're offering travel perspectives. We have no idea what the future holds. However, we encourage people to prioritize their mental health and to recreate responsibly by looking up the rules and regulations in your area. Next week, we're going from nature walks to farmer's market and traveling to wet markets all over the world. Are they as unsafe as the news might get seem? We'll see you next week. Transcripts are available on our website www.ochentastudios.com for the deaf and hard of hearing population. And sources are linked out within the text. You should go ahead and look up those sources because you'll get to learn so much more than what we can pack in a 10 to 20 minute episode. The host and producer of this podcast was me, Dr. Kiona. Executive producer is Loya Martinez. And this is an Ochenta podcast produced by Studio Ochenta. The sound editor on this is Luis Raul Lopez-Levi. Art was done by Tiffany DeLune. And the music was done by Gabriel D'Amaso. In addition, this season was entirely volunteer. All research, sound engineers, translators, experts, editors, and producers work for six months free of charge to get these perspectives to your ears. So for the love of travel, if you learned something and would like to tip the creators and experts on the podcast, sponsor Studio Time or sponsor a mic, community donations are accepted at Venmo, How Not to Travel, PayPal, How Not to Travel podcast at gmail.com, Patreon, How Not to Travel podcast to join in on the community discussions. It helps support all the people in the making of this podcast, especially during COVID times, if you know what I mean. I look forward to seeing you next week.